What is up, Clitorati? We have Lindsay and Madison in the house. They just got back from Burning Man. I was busy sending my son off to preschool (laughs) while you guys were gone for two weeks, which was another transformative experience. But today... We want to hear all... Madison, it was your first time going to Burning Man, right? Mm-hmm. Sure Lindsay, was. It was your... How many times have you gone? This is my second. But I went I went in 2019 when the world was a, a very different place. And then Burning Man didn't happen for two years. Like two years. Didn't happen. Yeah, so this was like the first year back for like all burners. Yeah, it was the first... The, so they did have this thing called the Renegade Burn, but it didn't have the man burn or the temple burn or anything like that. I guess for people who don't like burning man is literally, they burn the man. <laughs> so there's this like huge structure and it's like the size of a building and they, it's yeah. designed, it's designed to actually burn down. Like they burn it and there's a huge like fireworks show and all that stuff. So that none of that stuff was at the renegade burns. So yeah, this was the first year that they like, it was officially back. Amazing. Yes. So we want to hear you guys. You both led a workshop there. You were both parts of different camps. Mm-hmm. And um, you both had your individual experiences and sexplorations. I feel like too, we need right? to start with the journey to get to Burning Man because that's a journey yeah, in like, itself. <laughs> oh my goodness. Decide, I actually decide decided go? that there's uh, there's several phases to Burning Man. There's packing for phase phase one <laughs> packing. <laughs> Madison was very stressed out about that. No, I actually was super prepared. I started weeks in advance because you and everyone that loves me that's a burner was like, you need to start this shit like weeks in advance. You don't want to yeah. pack like you would normally pack for a weekend getaway or or even like a week long trip over the holidays. You don't want to pack two days before because there's so many things to order yeah. and it might take a couple weeks for things to order, even if you prime it, you know, like, so this is phase one, packing and ordering all the shit you possibly need for Burning Man. <laughs> like, like, cause you have to bring everything in with you and everything out. Like all your water, all unless your water. you're at a camp that's supplying you water, which luckily I, I was, but still like, I still brought two, five gallons with me. <laughs> Oh my God. We brought like 28 gallons of water because we had to bring our own shot. Well, you have to bring your own shower water and your drinking water. And, but I was at a camp that provided that. So I got to shower all week at my camp. I was at a 165 person camp that like provided that. But for anyone who's not, which is like a lot of people just go and they, they camp in an RV and like, you need to be fully prepared. There's this pillar called radical self-reliance. This lives inside of that. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, you got to think about it. They, what they recommend is a gallon of water per person for drinking because you're in the fucking desert and two gallons per right. shower per person. So actually, I think we brought more than 28 gallons of water. We have like the big, huge, like blue ones that hold like 20 gallons of water. So we brought two of those and we have like the class bulb drink. Like we, you have to bring like everything, food. Right. They do have porta potties wow. though. Thank God. <laughs> Are they so fresh this, every day? Yes, <laughs> they are fresh every day. Yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, they they clean them at eight a.m. every day. Okay, that's how it is on tour. Yep, I've been on, I've been on tour before. Yep. So trust me, they they would be overflowing if they didn't clean them out every day. <laughs> oh, right. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, they come and they so that's they come and water them. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the all the things. All the things. <laughs> then, like I would say. 
Phase two is getting to Burning Man. And so for me, my experience, my first time going to Burning Man, no one put it into words like this for me, but the way that I would share Burning Man is, it is like a pilgrimage. It is like a fucking Mecca. Like you, 85,000 people just have this agreement do this thing to go venture to this really sacred land to share a collective experience together that's outside of how we understand reality in society. And so it's a pilgrimage. It's Mm -hmm. a spiritual transformative journey that one can go on. I almost feel like it's the equivalent to like the Mormons do like a... uh, (laughs) I don't know about that. Is equivalent to Mormons. Mormons, yes. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, so if you think about it, it's, it is. It is literally. So people call it a festival. It's not a festival. It is literally an entire city that erects in the middle of the desert. At the at the high end, they've had a hundred thousand people go. There were actually only sixty thousand people that went this year. So it was it was a smaller burn than the when the one I went to in twenty nineteen. It's an entire city that erects. There's streets. There's um like like buildings. There's artwork the size of your house. It's like you, it's you try to describe it to someone and you just can't. It's an experience. I had multiple moments and it, and it erects. It erects. <laughs> You like that choice? Over. I did really <laughs> like your word choice for that. Because it really does erect <laughs> because just, it also all gets taken down. And it so does. this other theme emerges in Burning Man, this like the the impermanence, right? Mm-hmm. And letting go of our attachment to our creations. And it really reminded me of the mandala reference where the mm-hmm. monks go in, they create these beautiful, colorful sand mandalas that are so extravagant and so detailed. You just, you want them to just, you want to frame them in your house. But the whole point after is that they blow them away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like really all about letting, to, to actually know that you have an infinite source of creative potential flowing through you always. So don't get attached to your creations. And that's what pretty Man is. It all burns down, gets torn down by the end of the week, all to get rebuilt, re-erected the <laughs> following year. year. <laughs> well, because, because Burning Man is actually, so it's held in Black Rock City. It's actually a dried lake bed. And there's fish that are like hibernate underneath of the sand. So there's, there's a, there's a, there's a term called moop, right? Matter out of place. And one of the ethos of Burning Man is like really leave no trace behind. And they take it very seriously. So like when they're gone, there's not a scrap of trash left behind. Wow. Yeah. People spend weeks after, like, cause there's teams even that then after spend weeks getting every piece of moop off of there. I have a really funny mooping story. Okay. Okay. So, so, all right. So, let's. So, we're going to Burning Man. Madison, first year burner, goes for early build week. She's she's there like a week before me. (laughs) I was. I was on the playa. So, the 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 this lake bed is referred to as the playa, and I was there. I was on the playa for a total of twelve days. Burning Man's only how many days, Lindsay? Seven. It's officially like a week, give or take. Right. Oh, okay. So I got there four days early, (laughs) was there, it was, I mean, I had no reference to what the weather should be like, but like (laughs) every day there were dust storms. So I was just in like goggles. Like I have photos that will go along with the blog for this episode. Oh my God. Um, They're just like, I literally rolled up to Burning Man. Like the dust was so intense. It was like in our car, I'm wearing like goggles. So my experience was like, all right, this is fucking rough. This is like 
This was the yeah. most hardcore thing I've ever done, like in my life. Hold like, on, I, I just sent Katie hardcore. a picture of me from after a dust storm, so she can get a little reference. We'll share it on the. I mean, Instagram. I was in Los That's what Angeles it looks like. with our with a pool, and like it was the hottest week in history. In Los Angeles. Okay. It was so fucking yeah, hot at Burning Man. This this picture, I think, really sums up what a dust storm is. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, your you hair. It's yeah. in oh, every it's in your every hair. pore of your body. It's crazy because the playa dust is like so fine. It's like baby powder. Yeah, it's not so. Once it blows on you, it is in, and it so also it becomes <laughs> no, once it's on thing. your You're skin, <laughs> you're actually your body. This is the craziest thing. This is like the sciencey thing about the playa dust. Your body, it becomes one with you. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so the only normal soap and water will not really get it off because it's it needs something that that can that can that's alkaline. That will alkalize mm. it. So actually like vinegar or witch hazel, like this is what's going to take that dust mm. off your hair, your face. So this is like, I get to Burning Man and it's just like this. So I was like, oh, wow. They really, all of my friends warned me for this though. So I was so prepared and I got to be <laughs> part of a camp that was, it was actually in the, the green camp zone. So we were part of the leading edge of engineers, creators, and builders in the world that are creating eco-friendly, uh, sustainable living like facilities and our entire camp was like in this green zone. So we had camps all around us that were run by, we were all run by solar power and we had composting and the power capabilities at my camp were out of this world. Like with the light shows we were having, the events that were being produced at this camp and it was all green. So I got to be part of building a green camp with like the leadership. There was like five different twerk leads and then they called them twerk leads. And then twerk under leads? the twerk leads, they had teams and day two, like we were killing it. Day one, day two, all of a sudden we, we get to the lunch it. break and like we stopped seeing progress. And I got to drop in with the camp leads and just basically as like <laughs> all the leadership coaching that I have and training, ask for what was, see what was missing, point it out. And then I became the liaison between all of the torque leads. By the end of the day two, they were like, everyone knew who I was. Everyone was like, who the fuck are you though? Like how, what are these skills? Like, what, like, like, so I, I felt so seen, so acknowledged. Like my, my like team, I was so turned on by like the teamwork. It was the hottest thing ever. However, they called each other torque leads and there was no twerking happening. So one of my favorite moments of build was when I got so in with the camp leads that they like, they just, I was like, can I facilitate a twerk session at our next like meet, meet up for everyone like to like actual get them. twerk. <laughs> so we fucking like, we did, they, I demoed, no one really knew how to twerk. Two people raised their hands and we twerked as a team, like celebrating our That's accomplishment fun. once we built the shade structure. Oh and like I, a Shakti shake. It, yeah, it was a Shakti shake. So what we do in our sex and empowerment signature masterclass and yeah. our, our community, yeah, it was a Shakti shake. And like the, the, everyone was doing it. And the other thing that was really cool about my camp that I got really, I realized during build because I was a part of a very queer poly Bay area based camp. So 
I was so confused. I didn't know who was partners with whose by day three of build. By day three of build, I'm like, okay, I've seen that person with all of these people. But I felt truly at home. And I, I was very clear by the last day of build with all of these poly oh my God. queer Bay Area folks that this would not be the camp to bring my husband to for his first experience. You know, you know what though? You know what though, Madison? And this is a common thing. So, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to share something with you and then I'm going to share my entrance story. So, um, well, it kind of has to do with my entrance story. So a lot of couples will go to Burning Man and actually camp at separate camps. And I learned this because, so the way that I got there, I, so Ryan also was there for early build week for our camp. So Madison and I were originally supposed to stay at the same camp and then like, Everything changed. So we were at separate camps. That's just how Burning Man works. So Ryan was there for early build week. We only had one car pass. So I, I flew into Reno with just a backpack <laughs> and I, and I oh took, gosh. and I took the burner express in. So, so getting, so she's talking about this pilgrimage, like getting in and out of Burning Man can sometimes take up to like 12 hours, like just sitting because they pulse the traffic every hour so that it doesn't like overwhelm either the entrance or the exit. So, but when you take the burner express, you're in this air conditioned bus with a bunch of burners, you, you skip the line. So I get there and like, you fucking diva entrance. I'm doing it every fucking year because Ryan is willing to take my shit up there for me. I'm like, this is the fucking way to go to Burning Man. Sign me up. So I take the burner express in. I get there like Monday afternoon. I, w- I had a, like a later bus. I wasn't signed up. I was signed up for the 2 p.m. bus, but I got in on an earlier bus. So I got in like four hours earlier than I was supposed to. And then they have these little like trams that like drive you around. So I only had to walk maybe like two minutes to my camp. And I was like, this, I'm in for this. Um, but um, Is that how you also get out? I did not get out that way, but I'm going to next year. I'll tell you the exit story. It was horrendous. Uh, um, I, I saw it on the news. It was ridiculous. <laughs> You're like, those bitches are stuck in that line. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, but, this, but cool line. story. I, that didn't I'm, happen to me. I have a great exit story. All right. Well, great. good for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm, I, I get on the bus and I go to like sit next to this girl and I start talking to this girl and um we're just talking about everything. Somehow it comes out. She has done Mama Gina's, the last ever School of Womanly Arts. And she's telling me this story about how she manifested a house and all this stuff. I'm like, how did you do this? She's like, I did this program called the School of Womanly Arts. I'm like, Mama Gina? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And so we're, I'm like, and that is the kind of shit that just happens at Burning Man. It's like of all the people on the bus I could sit next to, yeah. I sit next to a School of Womanly Arts graduate who did the last in-person one, which is the one Mama Gina invited us to do. So I know already you wanted to go to. Yeah. So already I'm like, holy shit. And this girl did it from Colorado. And, um, and so that was a really cool moment. And she's, um, we're just sharing on the bus and we just had the most incredible conversation. So it was a great way to start my burn. I get in my trolley and then I go over and I find Spanky's. So the camp that we were both supposed, the one that we held the workshop at was Spanky's Wine Bar, which is one of the oldest camps at Spanky or at Burning Man. They've been around for 15 years. It's a BDSM and kink camp, which obviously was really difficult for me to do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, so hard. Yeah, like the workshop, like the the girl Olivia and I met this guy. I'm like, what do you do for a living? And he like he just looks at me dead. I own one of the largest uh sex toy companies in the world. 
I'm like, does this motherfucker own Adam and Eve? Like, I'm like, who am I talking to right now? <laughs> so like, he never told me, yeah. but I'm like, let's be friends. I have his wife's email. So we're going to be friends with them. Oh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. And so we get there and the leader of this camp is like the 75 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> and, his, and his name is Admiral Payne Joy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and we, and we get there and, um, Ryan's already made friends with these two Australian guys. One of them is like tall, dark and handsome from like the outback. He's like an Australian cowboy. And the other one has like a full on like, like trucker's beard and he's wearing Daisy Dukes and he goes, hi, my name's Rails. <laughs> and super gay. And I'm like, how do you guys know each other? He goes, Love it. he's like, and I'm like, why is your name Rails? He's like, you know, Rails. I'm like, oh, got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Um, and so, and so we're like talking to them within five minutes. I'm like sitting in there naked. I'm sitting in our tent naked. They just like walk in and I'm like, I go to put like something on. He's like, oh, honey, you don't have to do it for me. I'm gay. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. <laughs> Fuck it. So I just sat there naked with these strangers. Okay. And um <laughs> of course, obviously. And um in your happy place. In my happy place with these two hot Australian men. And um yeah, and they they so they've invited us. Um Madison, if you want to come too, they've invited us. There's an Australian burn in like northern Australia that they want to come and like host us at. So we're gonna fucking go to that. So I'm excited. Um wow. but yeah, yeah. Okay. So that that was my entrance story. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, yeah. that's such a good entrance story. So my entrance story was very different. So part of phase two, we're still inside of phase two of like getting to Burning Man, right? Yeah. So I was invited to go to Burning Man by one of my dearest friends who lives with me that I've shared about on the show many a time. She brought me into this beautiful poly community and, 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 and invited my leadership and supported me and really growing my own. She is in deep uh, relationship with my husband in terms of uh, deep friendship. She's been in our life for the last five years. And she called me um, basically a couple weeks after Lindsay and I started talking about, we were getting serious about the workshop at Burning Man. I started talking to my husband and I was like, look, the only way I'm going to go to Burning Man to teach this workshop at this point is like, I think it's handed me on to like a silver fucking platter. Like I need someone to call me to say they have an extra spot. They have an extra car pass. They have an extra camp. They have an extra ticket and they can take me and drive me. Like that's what it would have to look like. Right. We've been doing Clit Talk for a while now, over 200 episodes to date, and we have had an influx of new Clitorati, and we still have our consistent OG Clitorati tuning in every week. So we've created a free gift for you. It's called Clit Talk Cliff Notes, the no BS guide to self-pleasure and sexual intimacy. And we're really giving you our best highlight reel of sex tips. We have combined our top sex hacks to give you confidence, communication, orgasms, and the ability to take your pleasure game from zero to 100 real quick and blow any partner's mind in bed. Included in this banging free gift is two free audio trainings, self-pleasure is self-love, and our hottest sex tips. We also have unreleased episodes and a fan favorite from our Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass, an erotic visualization, and a video on orgasmic breathing. Oh, yeah. Mm. So to get a little taste of what we do here, you definitely want to sign up for Clit Talk Cliff Notes. Just go to clittalkshow.com 
backslash guide because, Clitorati, it is possible to have quantum leaps in your sex and empowerment with simple and impactful shifts. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes. I'm talking about a clitor, 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 talking about a clitor, clitor, clitor. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. I let that go. I was like, this is whatever. That's what I would need. Two days later, I get a call from my friend, my dear friend and and mentor. Hey, me and my boyfriend just broke up. He's not going to be coming to Burning Man with me. Would you, I have an extra ticket. I have an extra spot at camp. I have an extra car pass. Would you like to come? And a spot in my (laughs) tent. And a spot in my tent, right. And and in that, mind you, all of my friends that don't have a ticket yet are st- on the struggle bus so hard trying to get a ticket to Burning Man. Like, all I have is like, people text me like, have you found a ticket yet? And I'm like, trying. I'm like, ew, keep that energy away from me. I am not, I didn't have any time to put into investing, into finding a ticket at this point and all right. of that energy. Meanwhile, so I sold I was, three tickets at the last minute. <laughs> I had to right. sell three. Oh, okay. oh really? Oh, yeah. People well, bailing at the last minute. Like, and oh I was planning God. on um, staying at uh, the camp that Lindsay was at. But when I got invited this, I realized like, I need to kind of be with this. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do this. I'm being like invited in all the ways to have this experience. I'm going to do that. We're going to have get to lead the workshop together. So I was feeling really good. I called my husband right after she called me. I'm like, so <laughs> funny thing we talked about two days ago. And I told him the story and he just says, he's like, you have to go. Yeah. And I was like, I have to go. Okay. So like, what are the boundaries? Like I'm going to Burning Man. I heard it's the wild west, like, and a very, you know, sexually activated container. And he was like, look, just, I trust you. I trust that you trust yourself and that you know what's good for your body. So follow your intuition and do what feels good. If it feels good for you, it's good for our relationship. I looked at him and I was like, oh, Okay. All right. So I she's not she's do that got for the you. Green light. <laughs> I would not do that for you, but wow. I'm going to take that and I'm going to go fucking to Burning Man with it. And that's exactly what I fucking did. And in this, my Amazing. husband went back to flying and being a pilot. So I was like, okay, he happens to be leaving the morning we're leaving for Burning Man. And I was like, I would love for him to help us load the car. That just seems like a lot of effort. And we had a lot of gear and like a a lot. As we shared with you, phase one, you have to bring everything. So there was just a lot. And we had this whole master plan. And the night before he was going to leave, he was, we were leaving for Burning Man and he was leaving for a work trip. He loaded the entire car for me and supported. And as we had two cars to load, one of the cars would be going to an RV that would actually be taking all of our shit. So we were just going to bring like just some stuff in the one car. So you rode so up in an in RV? Both cards. No. Oh, okay. So, oh, you're just packing. So I, we packed, we packed, no, we packed two vehicles, two normal vehicles. Oh. One of the vehicles was all of this stuff that was going to be delivered to an RV to drive oh. in because we only had one car pass. We couldn't fit all of our shit in one car. So we were like, we'll just bring some stuff that we need for a couple of days in our car and everything else is going in this RV. So we oh, got wow. the, we got all the support 
for, to, to, get the, to get this loaded. Austin leaves the next morning. Me and my roommate are ready to go to Burning Man. We call our friend who's RV. We're dropping off this entire car of shit to. The friend goes, I just found out I have COVID. Shit. I'm not going to Burning Man anymore. No. In the, uh, so when no. they say like, like every, one, what I learned instantly is with Burning Man is like everything that could possibly fucking go wrong will uh-huh. happen. <laughs> and you just embrace it and it's part of the journey and you have fun with it. So let me tell you, it was great that I got all that support from my husband. Yeah, what I ended up fucking doing was uninstalling a bike rack, reinstalling a bike back, loading gear on top of a car. On top of that, we called one of our besties who we've had on the show before, Nicolette Spear. We love you so much. Thank you. Oh we called her. We were like, can we borrow your minivan and take it to Burning Man? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. She loaned us her car. We car swapped with her. So we unpacked an entire car, oh drove God. a car to her, got her car, got it, brought it back to the house where I personally loaded everything that I couldn't carry before when my husband was around. Suddenly I was superwoman and I could do anything. <laughs> and Radical self-reliance. <laughs> I even installed a bike rack on a minivan. And that was what launched wow. us into Burning Man for the build week. You know, when we went for build week was like, I was like, okay, I'm fucking strapped in, locked in, loaded. I knew exact. I know exactly who I get to be for I myself feel like, this week. I feel like Burning wow. Man. Burning Man tests you, especially your first year. Like my first year, I remember I went with Andrew and Melissa. These motherfuckers came in on the Burner Express my first year, and it was my responsibility to get the fucking RV to Burning Man by myself, and I did. What? Yes. Oh and they God. just arrived, oh and I had all their shit set and they up. They just went on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I wasn't, and on the way, I wasn't totally by myself. We enrolled some of our friends to like ride up with me so they could help me drive and stuff. But halfway up there, the RV breaks. Like, I feel like Burning Man is like, do you really want to come? <laughs> how committed really are you? Come? How committed are <laughs> yeah. you? It's like, how good yeah. are you willing to have it? <laughs> yes. Okay. So wait. So, okay. So now we're both at Burning Man. Madison, you have told me some of your, I want to, Madison. So, <laughs> Ryan and I, Madison. one of our first days, we're like, let's go. I want to connect with Madison. Let's go find her camp and scoop her up. So we're like, we go to her camp and there's like a rule at Burning Man for like safety that like, if you don't know the person, you can't bring them to their tent. So like no one would fucking tell me where Madison was. So I was like, there was kind of like this lounge area. So me and Ryan are just like sitting there. I'm like, sure, come home. Like, we're just like, let's give it like 20 minutes. Here comes this little creature skipping along the dust. It's thriving on the playa. And it's Madison. She goes, oh my God, I was just thinking about you. So we, so we found her because it's like, there's no cell phone reception. So it's like, you may like, it could have been totally possible that we didn't see each other at all the entire time. Until the workshop. Well, but you never, like there was a part of me that's like, was prepared to leave it alone because you just never know at Burning Man. You just never know. Oh my God. Like I was like, when you, when you, when our workshop started at noon, you showed up 1159 at about 1150. I was like, I'm leading this fucking workshop alone. Okay. Got it. (laughs) On the way, on the way to go to my workshop, my bike broke. Oh God. My bike chain broke. In a dust storm, in a full blown dust storm, you couldn't see 10 feet before you. And the only reason I got that fix was because a dear friend of mine picked me up from my camp, my camp, because it was dusty and 
he just wanted to make sure that I got to my workshop that he was going to be attending. And he escorted me. And so when that bike chain broke off, he was down on his knees. He fixed it in fucking like as fast as possible. That's what I mean. You just don't know. Like she could have been stranded in a dust storm with a broken bike chain. And I'm like, all right, I'm leaving this workshop alone. Not intentional. Like that's what I mean. That Burning Man, you never fucking know what's going to (laughs) happen. Yes. Okay. So anyways, okay. So we're at- The Wild West. It truly is the Wild West. We're at Burning Man. Okay. We've got like- (laughs) <laughs> we've got like 30 minutes left and I want to make sure you get all your sex capade stories in because they're incredible. And I have a couple stories I want to tell us too. So we got, let's, let's, let's move to the highlight reels of Burning Man so we can get all the best stuff in. Yeah. So phase three is your burn has begun. Burning Man <laughs> is here. You're you are in now. You're in it. You're in it now. And, and it's all about being in the present moment, following your intuition. It is the most serendipitous place in the world. You could think Bloody Marys and then seeing you know there are bloody fucking Marys. You turn a corner and you. someone's like, would you like a Bloody Mary? Or a grilled cheese you know? sandwich. Someone gave Literally. me fucking hot dumplings one day in the middle of the plat. I was like, fuck yeah. Oh my God. I had miso soup super late at night one night. Like, cause there was this camp called Miso Horny and they do miso soup and sake really late at night, which is nice because it's cold at night. So something warm to eat. So, All right, so, so I discovered something. There's a term called hot girl summer. We loosely use it. I recoined that to be hot girl playa. And as I mentioned, the the location you are at at Burning Man, the, the 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 dust bowl is referred to as the playa, and I tapped into. So everyone gets like a playa name, or you you can get a playa name. You can have someone can name you. Mm-hmm. And I was very, I just right during build was like, I I I I went to my roommate who took me to Burning Man, who was my roommate at Burning Man, and I'm like, so are you going to give me my playa name, or like how does this work? Because I want one now. And she was looked at me and she goes, babe. Your sugar. Uh, I then cried and proceeded uh, to introduce myself to everyone I met as sugar. And uh, it was like the thing that just held me the whole burn was just like who sugar has been for me in the last, in my journey into coming into my womanhood. Like, of course, that's the name that I got to to carry and hold me. And I was com- protected and loved and, and had the most joyful. I mean, I was fucking thriving thriving and in my and really my in full vitality like I felt amazing and uh, I followed my body and my body led me to have three very very sexy um sexcapades at Burning Man three to be exact I fucked three different people at Burning Man, all beautiful, unique experiences, and Wait, over yeah. the course of the week. Okay, and which one? Which one happened first, the ponytail or the limo? The limo was first. Okay, tell the limo and story. You got to tell the limo, limo story. There was a limo. There was a limo at Burning Man. So my camp. I guess there could be anything there. There could be anything. My there. camp had a um, limo as one of the art installations. It was a white, like retro, like nineties limo, like stretch limo. And um, I was with like a, a lover friend uh, in the day, someone I, I know very well that was like checking on me and stuff. And um, some a couple at my camp. Checking the, in on you. Yeah, just making sure I was okay. <laughs> making sure that my bike uh-huh. wasn't broken. And oh, this couple, one of these, you know, awesome polyqueer couples at my camp, like saw me and my lover friend together and was like, yo, uh, you guys should 
check out, we christened the limo, like you should check it out later. And so like when later came around, like eight hours later, um, I, I saw the limo and I was like, oh my God, we should go in the limo. And we, we went in the limo. It was really dusty, but so we, it was very dusty in there. I was like, oh wow, they really could have like cleaned this up, you know, like this could have been like super decked out in here. But you, but it was uh, air conditioned, right? Not at that point, not at that point. Oh, okay. So Actually, I, what's ironic is the next day I went to the limo to like go check it out, make sure in light, like, you know, I left it the way I found it. That limo was pimped the fuck out. There was like lights in there. There was like, it was clean. It was, there was air conditioning. I was like, where was this last night when I was fucking in here? However, I've never been able to share, like, I never have, you know, like those, those card games that uh, are like, what's, ask you questions. And it could be like, where's the coolest place you had sex? Um, I've never had a cool answer for that ever. <laughs> now I do. Now I'm a limo at Burning of, Man. <laughs> a 90, like 1990s 90 white stretch limo at Burning Man. That is the coolest place I've ever had sex in my life. It was amazing. It like really launched me into all of my other sexual experiences, which the, um, so that was the first one. Ooh, sorry to cut this episode in two, Clitorati. Stay tuned for next week for more Sugar Madison sexcapades and ex- really exciting stories from Miss Lindsay from their Burning Man experience in 2022. All right. With that, Clitorati, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. If you liked this and are curious about our Clit Talk curriculum, we have a waitlist for our upcoming free workshops and our Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass in 2022. Nothing like starting the new year guided by pleasure. Sign up for the waitlist to come tap into your pussy sanctuary with Katie, myself, Sugar, and Lindsay at www.clittalkshow.com backslash waitlist. That's clittalkshow.com backslash waitlist.